Welcome. Glad you, you all are here. Um, so I started that song, and y'all took off so good, and were so good and loud, I lo- literally just started listening to you and forgot where I was. I was just playing, I'm like, and I cannot remember a lyric. I've sang these songs all my life, and I cannot remember a lyric. So the second I got off the page, I was just in trouble, but you guys handled that just fine. You know, we kind of get off the page sometimes, don't we? And uh, sometimes it takes those moments, as Brandon said this morning, to help us to kind of slow down and take account of where we are. We've been talking uh, the last two weeks about rejection. I would encourage you, if this is your first time here, if something ministers to you today, go back and listen to the podcasts online. They're on our website, churchonthehill.tv, because I can't go back and tell you everything that we've done, but everything we're building, we're building here. Um, We've been talking about some causes of rejection Um, We've been talking about some examples of rejection, and church, everyone has been rejected. And we've learned over the last few weeks that rejection, a lot of times, the hurt and the things that you've got going on that are really um, hurting you, pushing forward, started with rejection. All of us have been rejected at one time or the other, but so many times we don't really know what the effects are. It could even be relatively minor, or it could be a major thing that happened in your life. Go back and listen to it. But I want you to know, if we allow it to take root in our hearts, allow it to take root in our lives, it can become a spirit. And you know, we can go through little things and have little bumps in life that don't really take root, but when something takes root and it gets in your spirit, that's a hard thing to shake. And you don't just shake it off. You don't get to do the Taylor Swift thing. You have to dig down deep and cut that off at the root. And that's what we've been dealing dealing with over the last few weeks. So today we're going to look at the results, the results of rejection. And the primary result of rejection is the inability to receive or communicate love. Did you hear that? The inability to receive or communicate love. I know I'm going quick. I feel like we need to do some backtracking, but I just can't do it. We got to keep pressing forward. I want to show you from the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. A person who has never felt loved cannot transmit love. Did you hear that? If you have never experienced love, you can't give love. And we can see right here in John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. Shoot. Uh, Pete. This is going to be challenging. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> I need that background removed. I don't need that guy sitting there all day. There we go. Sorry, Pete. I'm sure you could have figured it out. But Can I back up just for a second? You know, as elementary or as simple as what Pete's situation was in tithing um, was, that's how God moves. God moves with favor. God moves in your situation. And even though it was a concert ticket, it still had direct impact on his life in his finances. Where he had just stepped out in faith, God met him right there in faith. There are so many things that need to take place right here that you need breakthrough in your week this week. That if you will just step out in faith, God is going to give you favor right now. This is not a thing that we have to wait for years for. God wants to move in your life now. 
So we've learned in Sunday school this morning about getting a clean heart and getting cleansed and getting washed and, and hearing our calling, but it all starts by getting cleaned up and by following Christ and by getting filled up with him. Then he moves in our calling and in our purpose. So even with rejection, we can talk about how to get free of rejection. We can talk about how your life is not supposed to be a life of rejection, but if you remove the part of getting your anchor down into Christ, you're gonna struggle with rejection. So I'm gonna back up as Pete was just talking. He just did it out of obedience, He didn't know. He's even questioning, why should I even give? I don't know, but you know what? I'm really struggling with my money, so I'm going to follow what mom and dad said to do. Don't even really expect anything anytime soon. I'm not even really looking, but I'm going to obey. So he does it. Let's it go. Next thing you know, God starts moving. In your life and in rejection, the key is to get your roots down in Christ. The key is to get your roots down in Christ. Then he gives you purpose. He prepares you for what's coming. And then when it comes, it still hurts. We still don't like it. It still is going to grow us, but we get through it. You've been, you've been struggling with rejection. The key to getting through rejection is Christ. So let's keep going. It says in 1 John four nineteen, we love him because he first loved us. You may think you're awesome, but your ability to love God is based on God loving you. We love because God loved. It is the love of God that stimulates our love for him in response. Think about this. Love lies dormant until it's stimulated by another person. As I was studying and as I was digging in this, in this uh, topic right here, it did make me go back to think of my first love. And what's awesome is... Not everybody, I'll just say it. My first love was Elizabeth. Now I had little dumb stuff that kind of wanted to get in the way, but my first love literally was Elizabeth. And I think about how I didn't, hadn't really experienced that love until her. That was new, that kind of got awoken. It was awakened in my spirit, in my life, that love. Love lies dormant until it's stimulated by something else. Without this interaction, it never comes to life. The inability to love can be passed from from generation to generation. Many of you may have, maybe uh, I'm just going to kind of pick on fathers today, a father that never really showed you love. Well, if you weren't taught that, it's hard for a young man to learn how to express that. That's why Elizabeth, now my dad really loved me. He didn't say it a lot, but my dad really did love me, but he didn't say it a lot. We didn't talk a lot about it in the house. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. It just just wasn't the way that we were. That's why Elizabeth gave me this book. She calls me daddy, was to learn how to kind of stir up that Side with a little girl. A little girl needs to feel loved. So does a little boy. Wave at me, Pete. Yeah, yeah. So does a little boy. But I had to learn that. I had to stir that. But the inability to love can be passed. Dad didn't love me. I'm not going to. You don't do it on purpose, but you, do, you then don't express it to your kids, and it gets passed down and passed down and passed down. I want to tell you something. You can break that right now. 
You can break that right now. You can start differently today. Now, I'm not still probably the most loving parent ever, but I do try very hard. I'm intentional about it. But yet, in my own psyche, sometimes I can just be oblivious and miss it. And that's when I have to go watch Pete and watch how he acts with my wife and then think, okay, that's the way to act. I've told you all the story. Elizabeth says, Pete gets me. I hate that. God spoke to Ezekiel that the children should not be obligated to suffer what their ancestors did wrong. Let's look at that. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? Parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel. For everyone belongs to me, the parent as well as the child, both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. I'm going to skip from verse 4 to verse 9. It says, he the righteous man follows my decrees and faithfully keeps my laws. That man is righteous. He will surely live, declares the sovereign Lord. If you're not careful, you will buy in to what your parents did and not know any better. But there is better. And as you start to identify, I know many of you, I'd say most of you would say, man, I'm not going to do it like my parents did it. Yet you wake up one day and you're doing it. Oh, it just gets under my skin. I can't believe I sound like my mom or I sound like my dad. No. I can tell you, I want to sound like Father God. And that's in doing that, so many times things have to break. Generation from generation, it has to stop. It's like traditions within church. We've been learning through, through a book that we're reading, but also how traditions can happen in church that need to stop. Some traditions don't, but some do. We need to move on. Some don't, some do. But I don't have to keep doing it the same way. I can break that. So even if my parents never showed me love, God does not want you or your children to suffer for their mistake. By accepting God's provision, you can cut off that evil inheritance once and for all. So let's move on. There are other results of rejection. It can produce three different types of people. This isn't all of them, but this is just three. The person who gives in. The person who holds out and the person who fights back. We're just going to look at these real briefly. First, the person who gives in thinks like this. I can't take it any longer. Life is too much for me. There is really nothing I can do. So what do you do? You just accept it. You just accept that hole you're in. Burton and Cindy, years ago, taught a series on getting out of the uh, pit. If you don't know any better, the pit is your normal. It's where your parents were, it's where your grandparents were, it's where your neighbors are, it's where all your friends are. We don't know any different. Until someone comes along, you hope it's the Holy Spirit, but it could be me coming to you with the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you're in a pit. No, I'm not. I've always been here. It's cool. I'm good. Oh, no. It's not good. You need to get out of that. Why? Because it's better. It's better over here. 
you're living stuck. You're living in chains. Many people are living in a pit that don't even know that they've got chains on. It's just they're normal. You're living with rejection that has a root of bitterness and, and, and unforgiveness and stuff down deep in you that you just have learned to live with. Until, until uh, someone that's spirit-filled can come in and say, Hey, something doesn't seem right. Can we talk, <coughs> can we talk about that? Excuse me. So, the person... Who I just can't take it. Life's too much to me. I really can't do anything about this. And you know what happens is this approach opens the way for a descending series of negative emotions and attitudes that look like this. It goes from rejection to loneliness to self-pity to misery to depression to despair hopelessness. All the way, if let go, possibly to death or suicide. Now, I want to tell you. It doesn't have to go all the way to the end. But can you identify with some of those? Are you on that path? Please be real with yourself. Rejection is a seed that gets sown in you by Satan himself to try to completely take you out. And if it's left to grow it will take over your life. And it probably already has. I want to tell you, it can be uprooted. It can be chopped down and burned to the ground. Do you remember what the, what the answer to, to uh, rejection is? Acceptance. There is a better answer to what you are battling, and that's acceptance. That's where we're going with this. But the final result, you can see, is death. And it usually, what starts the course is rejection. The second type, if you remember what we looked at, we said it was the person who gives in. This is the person that holds out. Second time emerges from rejection is the one who refuses to give in and builds up a defense. And this is an attempt to cover up the inner pain and struggle. Someone who builds up a defense for themselves usually finds themselves in some type of superficial happiness. They can even be outgoing and talkative, but there's a kind of metallic ring to their voice. You know, something doesn't seem right. And you know what's down deep in them is, I will not let anyone close enough to ever hurt me again. I seem okay from the outside, but I will keep you at a distance. What happens? No love can be shared. You do the same thing with God. You don't realize it. But the Lord has told us that if we can't love each other, we can't love God. So when we're broken down here, we're broken up there. That's the whole thing. The whole two commandments is love God and love each other. If one's broken, we're messed up. And what God is trying to do is to remove the problem so that we can get back to loving again. Yeah, but pastor, if I love again, I could get hurt again. It's true. Life is not without hurt. That is a lie if you think that's true, if you think the, the other is true. Life is a life with bumps and bruises and challenges. Once you know it's the challenges and the bumps and bruises that make us stronger, they hurt. 
They force us to do certain things sometimes. It's again, like Brandon said, when it rained so hard, it forced him to slow down. We drove to Nashville yesterday and uh, going through traffic, and there were two police officers over here on the side, and there was no, no reason to stop. But because of, y'all all know the term rubbernecking, I literally locked up the tires. By the grace of God, missed the car in front of me. And the cars behind us, I honestly thought they had come to a complete stop and there was a wreck behind us. I don't think it did happen. But I was staring right at the car in front of me and my brain did not compute to stop. Elizabeth said, I was even looking at you and you were looking at the car, but you weren't stopping. We have situations in our life that cause us to abruptly slam on the brakes. Sometimes you hit something, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's very, diff- very bad, sometimes it's easy to fix. But what happens is, when we go through those situations, we just think, well, I just won't go anywhere anymore. I'll just stay home. And what do you do? You become a recluse. You don't get out anymore. And we were going to do something good. We got to go uh, be with Elizabeth's dad, who's just really struggling, about six hours. Then we got to go and have a little date. Woohoo! <laughs> Marriage conference coming up September 20th and 21st. Yeah, we need that. We need to not have kids around every now and then. And sure enough, they all texted me Are you at the goat? Yes, and you're not. <laughs> yeah, it was. But what happens when we become that person that won't, that won't move on, we shut the door, we stay home, and we don't go out anymore. And all of a sudden, everything starts to suffer. My marriage suffers, my relationship suffers, my job suffers. But you know what? I suffer. But I'm thinking, I just will not allow that to happen again. Well, let me tell you, get out and live. Get out and live. God, God wants to give me an abundant life, not a life full of fear. So many times we, we withdraw and we put up those walls because of betrayal. There are many people that have hardened their heart and blocked it off from anyone from getting too close. And I want to just, just tell you, you're not... Um, making up your hurt. You may have been in a marriage where you were betrayed. You may have been in relationships where you were betrayed. You may have just been treated completely wrong. It's real. The third type was the one who fights back. You may think, ooh, that's the winner. No. Look what happens to the one that fights back. Start with rejection. You go to resentment. You then go to hatred. You then go to rebellion. So, very quickly, I, f- I, can feel the, I can feel it in here. This is one that when you're around someone that this is where they are, you, you notice this one. It's pretty tangible. Uh, in a lot of ways, this has been me. I, I kind of just went straight to rebellion. I don't know that I went through rejection. I probably did, but I was pretty rebellious. And you know what rebellion is in, in Scripture? 
Let's look at it. It's witchcraft. Who does witchcraft come from? It comes from Satan. So maybe you just think, man, I, what they did to me, no. You start to kind of build up your heart. Your heart gets hard. You get, to, you get resentful. You get bitter. You get this face on your... Anybody have that face? If I look at you close enough, if this is you, we'll see it. Because it doesn't take much to set you off. Things that don't even matter. When you're battling rejection and you've let that really turn into hatred and rebellion, the littlest thing. You ever meet people like that? You can just eat the wrong flavor of ice cream. That's the worst ice cream ever. I hate you. That sounds silly. I am being kind of silly, but this is real. What is witchcraft? The occult, searching for false spiritual experiences. It's the expression of rebellion. It's turning from a true God to a false God. It says in Ezekiel or Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. So what's the result? We're going to look starting next week at the ultimate rejection. You know who the ultimate rejection? You know who experienced the ultimate rejection? It was Jesus. And we're going to look at what he went through and why he went through it. He did not go through anything that didn't have some type of purpose, really, for me. Everything he went through had some purpose for me and for you. And Jesus experienced the ultimate rejection. Now, as we've just been identifying all these issues with rejection, you know, whether it was child abuse or whether it was a, 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 a divorce or just a broken relationship, so many, even all the way back to being in school and feeling rejected, not being in the right group, maybe um, not making the team, so many ways of being rejected. I want to encourage you that the source is Christ. You do not have to continue walking, uh, walking in that, even starting today when we've not talked about how to get released from it. Turn your heart to Christ. Get in the word. Get your prayer life up. Get around other people that speak edifying, godly words into your life. And let's turn the ship, ship around now. I said that word two or three weeks ago when everybody said I needed to clarify myself. The ship. Church, turn the ship around. Can I say it in a way that, it, that we can kind of lose the humor? Turn your life around, starting right now. Turn to Christ. Get in the Word. Even if it's as simple as saying, man, I'm struggling with my money. My parents said to tithe. Let me talk to my mom and dad about it, and I must just start. That's simple. Get in the Word. Start praying. How do I pray? Father God, help me in my day. Help me walk. Help me as I read your word today to help me to, to understand it because I struggle to understand. 
God, give me wisdom to know the decisions to make for this week. God, help me with my relationships and help me to not think I know everything. Help me to not be that person that can't receive from other people. You know, we all think that our problem is on the other side of the table. Wrong. Your problem is you. And you alone. Even though people can be incredibly challenging, those people do not dictate my future and my purpose and God's plan. God does. As crazy as people can be, I am in control of me. Scary, but I am. I can go off the deep end or I can seek Christ with all my heart. Would you make a commitment today to turn? That's what I wanted to leave you with today, regardless of what I was speaking on. If you're a Christ follower, if you consider yourself to be a Christian, then walk it out this week. When you've got decisions to make, seek God. When you've got a few minutes to pour into your heart because you don't know how to go forward, get in the Word. Start praying. Get other people praying. We've had some situations with Elizabeth's dad and with people in our teams that are having job issues. And what are they doing? They're reaching out for prayer. They're seeking help. We're seeking help with how to care for Elizabeth's dad. And Ruth Ann, we just took to... Uh, Knoxville and we're acting like first time parents again. We're acting like idiots because we don't know how to act with taking a child to college. We're scared to death. She got out and wasn't able to walk back with her friends. She was having to walk back by herself we thought. So we got out our little tracker and was like, oh God. Are you okay? Answer the phone. I'm not kidding. We've got Life 360 and we're oh God, where is she going? Where is she going? 48 years old, I got four kids, they're all almost driving, and I shouldn't be the first-time dad again. God. Yeah, she had friends. She was fine. But we were scared to death. Is that not life? So what do we do? We pray. We call our friends. We get people to go look out for Where are you? Why aren't you with her? What's going on? What are you doing? We have given you these instructions. What are you doing? That's what I'm thinking. Is this not real life? What could be more important than your child being at risk? Want to get emotional? And the Lord is just saying to you, I got you. Turn to me. Turn to me. I can handle everything that you're doing, but I I can't handle it without you. You You have to be in me and me in you. You have to be in me and me in you. That's where this works. It can't just be, God, I'll call you when I'm in trouble. No. Me and you. You and me. Would you make that commitment, maybe for the first time, or maybe just because you're not walking it? Hey, there is a new way for you today, and it's good. It's good. Father God, in Jesus' name, I just pray that you would help 
just this last, even this last portion of us turning to you. We may not even know how to turn to you. Well, I want to encourage you, ask for help. First of all, ask the Lord, God, help me. And then ask your neighbor, help. I need help. It's one of the most humbling statements you could make. I need help. Father God, help us. God, I need help in everything that I'm doing. From the church, to my family, to my marriage, to my kids at college, to my business, to the little things all the way to the big things. I need you in all of them. I just ask you, Lord, to help us to turn to you, to get in your word, to be filled with your spirit, to be connected to your body. And God, just like Pete shared with us, give us favor. Even when we don't see it coming, I don't need to see it coming. Just give me favor, God. Make the way for me. Make the way for our church. I just ask right now over our church that you would grow us, that you would bring increase, that we would grow in spirit, that we would grow in every area. Because we are planting into you. Bless us, Lord. Give our church breakthroughs in their jobs. Give our church breakthroughs in their marriage with their kids. God, we want to know that you're with us and that fruit is going to show. Help us to bear fruit. Bless us this week. Breakthrough week. In Jesus' name, amen.